thank you for tuning into this episode of Question This Life. You can listen to the podcast at questionthislife.com, as well as all of the main podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and get involved. Hello. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining the show. This is the Question This Life podcast. It's great to be here again. Great to be recording another episode. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. I went into a little bit of detail about the lost ancient high technology that is available in monuments and all kinds of temples and crazy out-of-place artifacts all over the world. All the different places, or at least a selection of different places, where you can see quite clearly different eras of construction and different eras of building. So if you're interested in those topics, then I would suggest that you listen to that episode. And the one episode before that, I spoke a little bit about the Antikythera device, which has quite recently been uh, back brought back into our attention following the most recent publications from the team that's studying that device and how they've created some 3D models to replicate what they believe it did and just how mind-blowing that all is. So... Have a listen to those episodes if that's what you like. So, the last week has been good. It's a very interesting time right now because as someone who is involved in performance and entertainment, we are more than a little bit stunted at the moment, obviously because of the inability to perform live in front of an audience, in person at the moment. And this has obviously created a situation where creators and entertainers... Sorry to interrupt the thought, but I'm very conscious there might be a little bit of rustling in the back. And I just want to say that's my two little kittens. So if you can hear that, it's quite far away, but I think this mic might be picking it up. So bear with me with that one. It's lovely having two little kittens. I'll I'll digress a little bit into that. I got these two rescue kittens um, earlier this year, and it's been so nice now. They're completely integrated into the flat. I can't imagine what it was like not having them, to be honest. They have completely different personalities, which is really, really interesting. This is... uh, It's something that I've thought about really deeply, I've had these kind of moments where I thought, okay, I'm someone who's open to the idea that consciousness is not created in the brain, that we are simply a physical body receiving a signal of some sort from a source from which all of consciousness comes from. So the thing is, if you're willing to believe that, or if that's the theory that is most aligned with your life experience and your values then I just wonder 
what it is that I'm looking at when I look into these two little kittens' eyes and how they have such different personalities and they they care about different things. They both obviously love eating and they love the little snacks and all that stuff. But one of them is really, really... Uh, I say that he's got dog energy. He He's actually climbing around on top of me right now. He's really seemingly like open to experience. He always wants to be the first one to go into the room when you open the door. He's uh, We've built these uh, little wooden panels on the wall so that they have a little kind of step to go up to and then a ledge right at the top, almost at the ceiling. I heard that uh, cats really like that, to have that high vantage point. So if you give them that in your flat, in your home, when you bring a couple of cats into your life, then they are much more chilled, they're much more relaxed in the sense that they can see what's going on. They have a kind of a clear picture of what's going on. And uh, he's, the it's a boy and a girl, and he's way more into exploring and he, he'll go into stuff and he's the first to, if we if I get a package and open up the box, he's in the box. Before I know it, he's already in there, like rummaging around. He's jumping up on the wall, he's he's trying to find the limit of what is possible in this house. He's going up levels, he's climbing on top of the uh, shelves, on top of our cupboards, on top of the table. He's always by the window looking out. We have birds that fly past the window and he goes a little bit crazy with that. It's so interesting. And then she is way more reserved. She's much more chilled. I say she's got like old lady energy. She's a little classy old lady. She kind of slowly wanders around. She'll pick up a little bit of a pace if she thinks there's some kind of vibe going on in the room or she thinks that, you know, there's there's going to be some food or something. But most of the time she's just relaxed. She's very, it seems like pensive. And she just sort of looks around and kind of absorbs. And uh, it's so interesting. These two creatures now live in my vicinity and are under my care. So... I spend a lot of time with them, obviously. I work from home and from the co-working spot, but I spend a lot of time with them. And it's so interesting to me to think that that's the sound of them climbing up the shelf. It's so interesting for me to think, like, what is behind his and her eyes? Our existence as humans is based on a value-based vision. So... When we look at things, we don't see exactly the same thing that a cat sees, of course, because what we see is drinking object, eating object, music playing object, work completing computer object. That's how we see. We see things based on the value that they have for us. And all of that has to do with your upbringing. It has to do with how you were what you what you constitute as important in your life that's got a lot to do with what you actually see and i guess it's the same for cats i don't know i'm not an expert it seems to me that they definitely have a way of recognizing me the owner they definitely have a way of recognizing sounds and smells because they can immediately hear it when i'm getting the food out of the the bag especially like the the crunchy stuff they know exactly what that sounds like and they can they immediately know what's going on and they're very aware they they seem to be so uh 
they're, they're very pensive and kind of just looking and sort of observing and seeing what's going on. I've had, uh, when I was very young, I had a dog. And uh, it's, I mean, I'm talking very young. I was only about like six years old or something. But I remember that dog and I remember the the vibe that it gave off was not like these two cats. The vibe was more like everything was exciting. Everything was the most incredible thing. It was just running around. It, it didn't seem to have any kind of control or poise. It was much more wild and just sort of, a, a, you know, a little bundle of energy. These guys have different personalities to each other. And even within their personalities, they seem to have different moods. Sometimes they're a little bit more to themselves. They kind of chill. Sometimes they're really needy and they come and like sit on your lap and they want to kind of, they like if I'm cooking something, occasionally they'll come around and they'll do like a figure eight around my legs and they're rubbing their, their backs and their tail and stuff on my legs. Like, pay me attention. Come on, give me a little scratch. Give me a, give me a rub. What's going on? And... Uh, I do all these little things that I've seen on YouTube where you can keep them involved. You know, the uh, cats are very, I'm learning now, they're very, very inquisitive. Of course, curiosity killed the cat, right? These are sayings for a reason. There's a definite sense of, he's like, I want to be involved. I want to know what's going on. And very often when you, like, let's say, for example, I'm chopping onions or doing something like that in the kitchen. He's kind of going around my legs, going crazy, like, what's going on? Putting his legs up on the on the, the the cabinet, trying to get to the top. And then I'll just take the end of the onion and put it near him so he can really smell it and, and kind of absorb what that is. And very quickly, he's like, oh, I don't want that. And then he just walks away. So it's almost like he just needed to know what that was. It wasn't even like a desire to eat or to scratch or anything like that. He just really was just curious just wanting to know and I've put a whole bunch of stuff around the flat that they can scratch and I'm going through this process now trying to make sure that they don't jump up on the things that they're not allowed to jump up on like the dining table the kitchen cabinets the, the kitchen top where the food is and stuff and that's also been a little bit of a process because they do realize it when you when you make it clear that they can't go up there they go up there less and less and they, they kind of just do it when they know they're sort of pushing their luck. It's a really weird, uh, it's a weird thing when you think about it. So I've basically thought some, some pretty wild thoughts along the lines of if I am just a consciousness version, if, if I am just a physical avatar with a consciousness that's come from somewhere else or some sort of source, that is experiencing the world through my 3D body and my experiences and my past and my present and my future, then what are they? What are these two animals, these two creatures that are living and breathing and eating and oh my God, are they shitting? It's incredible that they don't uh, do it everywhere. They really do just do it in their litter box but my God, I did not realize how much of having cats is just cleaning up a lot of shit and dealing with the cat farts and the cat smells from the poo. And uh, it's definitely been a little bit of a learning there. But it's cool. It brings me joy. It's like a lovely 
thing to have in your life, especially now when there's not so much available and not so much going on. You can't travel, you can't do any of these things that you, you sh you'd want to be doing. So there is something to be said about having this little thing that you're just kind of keeping up in the sense that anytime I've got a little bit of, you know, a little moment to to just hang out or just to take a break, there's always something to do. I've got to clean the litter box or I'll hoover up a little bit or I'll disinfect the floor. I'll give them some, I'll give them their food three times a day. I'll play with them. We've got all these little toys like this uh, fishing rod with the thing on the end and all this other stuff that they, they play with. And all of that is super important to keep them happy, keep them, uh, you know, engaged and excited and essentially not bored. And uh, it's great. It's been really, really great. It's been an awesome thing to adjust to. And I'm actually, it's been better than I thought it would be. I thought it would it would be cool and that I would kind of grow into it and enjoy it. But I really, really like it. And I can't imagine what it was like not having them. And it was kind of like, I've got a joke at the moment, which I'm working on, which is like having two cats is the same as having 3% of one baby, <laughs> something like that. So it's obviously not the same as having a kid, but I think the fact that it's two cats makes it a little bit more like having a kid, but I think there has to be this exponential gap, right? It, you can't say that it's half of having a kid. You can't say it's 20%, you can't say it's 10%. I say it's like three, maybe 5%. I don't know if anyone out there has had a kid after they had one or two cats. Maybe you can let me know what you think. But it's almost been a very interesting thing to have this kind of extra responsibility and this little, you know, creature that, two creatures that are like, he's just right next to me right now, just being so cuddly and nice. It's just a nice thing to have around the house. So... That's the cat situation, and I feel like if I if I get really deep and I really kind of go off the deep end a little bit with the thinking about what they are in terms of life and consciousness, what's to say that they are not the superior consciousness being? And there's 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 a part of me that thinks that maybe they are little creator gods. Maybe they're put on this earth to take care of me, and they were meant to find me in this flat, in this situation, in this moment, and it, that's what their job is. I don't know, like, it's it's too easy for me to just think, yeah, they're just this other form of carbon that's walking around with a different, completely different value structure, and the only reason that they endear themselves to me is because I feed them and clean up their shit. I think I can't, I'm a deep thinker, and I can't help but think that there's there's just something going on behind their eyes that I don't know that we don't know and if if we're willing to think that we have a very limited understanding of what our consciousness is ourselves as humans then I think that has to ex extend to other animals especially ones with the levels of intelligence and openness to adventure and ability to move and to to make noise and to feel and to you know all of these things have to be deep and meaningful there has to be something behind it because that's what it's like for us our lives are very meaningful to ourselves and the people around us so yeah that's kind of like my 
uh, deep thinking when it comes to these little pets, but it's been awesome. And if you don't have any pets and you feel like you want a little uh, a tip from someone who now has two cats and either, I think it's definitely something for for mo for some people. I think I've been very lucky with the two that I've got. They're, they're, it was a little bit hairy at the start. Hey, hey, pun fully intended. It was a little bit hairy at the start, and uh, I didn't think it would it would smoothen out as much as it has now. And it's actually surprised me how much I like having them around, and how much they're just a part of my life now. So I would recommend having cats to anyone. And what did I start talking about in this podcast? I got I got derailed there because the cat was scratching. I was talking about oh yes, so the being an entertainer, being a content creator, being someone who's used to going on stage and performing in front of people. At the moment, we've basically been thrust into a position where we have to make other plans and other things happen and I've been trying to embrace that as much as possible recently so this has meant doing things like zoom comedy shows zoom uh, live comedian hangs and also I've been on clubhouse recently so I'd heard this thing clubhouse like oh a couple of people had spoken about it a couple of people who I know had spoken about it and I'd, I'd heard it mentioned on a couple of podcasts and so on I thought it was this kind of like exclusive thing and I was just kind of like I just sort of like pushed it away if anything I just moved it out of my consciousness I was like what is that thing oh I'm I don't know what that is and then eventually someone who I uh a guy a guy who I know from the comedy scene he's also the one who introduced me to the co-working space so I see him a lot I see him you know two or three times a week at this co-working space and he's going on it all the time and he's 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 talking about it a lot and he's saying like I really think that you should try this man because not only are you into comedy you're also a voice actor and this app this uh platform is basically the first major social media platform that is based on audio only live audio only live conversations people talking in the moment no photos, no videos, it's just you, your bio, your profile picture, so obviously one photo, and then these clubs with rooms and different topics and all kinds of different people with all kinds of different backgrounds and all kinds of different experiences, and some people are doing it for this, some people are doing it for that, but just get on there, man, because it's the infancy of this thing, and I think you'd be really good on it. So I was like, okay, he sent me the invite, and... Then I realized it's only available on iPhone or iPad. And that was a bit of a blocker because I haven't had an iPhone for a, a short while, a few years. I moved on to Android. So immediately I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to get it then. 
And then I just kept hearing about it, kept hearing about it. He mentioned it a couple more times. I heard it in a few more podcasts. And when, like I've said in a few episodes before, I'm definitely now of the mindset that if you're hearing something and something's kind of coming across in your vision, in your tunnel vision, in your reality tunnel, often it could be that it's something that you need to pay attention to. So, you know, maybe you hear something once or twice, whatever, but if you're hearing it a lot and it's kind of being uh, through from different people, different shows that I listen to, it's just kind of becoming part of my consciousness. I was like, okay, I'm, I definitely don't want to buy a new iPhone or a new iPad. I can't afford it. I don't need it. So uh, I looked around and I asked a good friend of mine who's really good with refurbished goods and he got me a couple of links to check and then eventually I bought a iPhone 7 which is refurbished and is in the original packaging. It was a really good offer and I just bit the bullet and bought it basically because I thought I'll be able to use this Clubhouse app at least for the next one or two years because of the guarantees of the system updates and so on from the iPhone 7. It's got a year guarantee from the uh, seller. It's like a wholesaler online. And I also do a lot of filming with my phone and with a camera. And very often I do a second or third camera angle, but usually using the same original camera that I used for the main angle. So let me explain that a bit. When I'm doing like a spokesperson video or any kind of thing that's on camera, I'll film myself obviously from the front usually with the camera or my phone. And sometimes I want a second angle from a slightly different angle. So instead of right ahead, maybe at like a 45 degree angle to the left or to the right. And then often it's even cool to have a third angle with just some sort of like moody footage. So let's say, uh, very close up of my hands. So as I'm talking, my hands are moving slightly or, uh, you know, m maybe just a, a very, very zoomed in view of my mouth as it's moving. You see that sometimes in documentaries and stuff when they cut together different bits of footage to make the footage essentially more interesting and more artistic. And very often I'll use the same camera and just take a second take. So I can cut it together in a way that the viewer doesn't realize that it's been done twice. But what I can do now with this iPhone 7 is to just film a second angle at the same time that I'm filming the main angle. So it's one less thing to do, one less take to do. I can sync it all up at the end and then I have basically these two angles to choose from. So it was a good idea for me to invest in this phone, not just to be able to use Clubhouse, but also to have the capability to film a second angle for my videos and I was kind of waiting for a little while it took a little while to arrive etc etc eventually it gets here and I started using it and like I said I got introduced by someone who's really active on it which has been really helpful to kind of just follow what they're doing join the groups that they've created the ones that they're a member of and it's really really blown my mind just how much I'm enjoying it so this app, the way it works is you, there are clubs and then there are rooms within clubs. So anyone can create a club and start to grow a audience. So you might have like 
there's clubs with like 50, 100, 200, up to I think 6,000. There's ones with like 10,000 people in there. And then anyone that's within a club can at any time start a room that, let's say, for example, you're in a club with a thousand people. You start a room within that club. It means that anyone who's online right now, when you create that room, can see your room. Anyone who's within that 1000 people and they can just jump in. So I've got this regular thing happening now with a couple of comedian friends of mine where we create this room on a nightly basis and we just kind of have it running and we start off just obviously the three of us we start talking we get the ball rolling and then one by one people drop in some people random people from the group a couple of people who we know some people who have followed us from previous shows they kind of see oh cool this guy's online let me see what he's up to and it's become this kind of thing where a friend of mine really perfectly captured what, what what it seems to feel like. And it was that this is like the town square. It's the modern town square. It's like Speaker's Corner in uh, in London or, you know, you walk down a, a, a busy street in a small neighborhood in, in, you know, certain parts of the world. It's like that. You can kind of just hear people talking and go and just say hello and da da da. And it seems very, very classic like that. There's a sort of a feel of you can be yourself, you can speak your mind. And it's it's not a very good place to be if you're not comfortable or you you don't thrive in this kind of a thing. Exactly what I'm doing now. I mean, you're listening to this podcast and I really, really appreciate it. And I hope you're enjoying how this is going. But this is also something that I'm very into and something that I'm very comfortable with. I like uh, talking. I like having deep conversations. I like speaking my mind, especially with people with whom I feel comfortable. So this room where I have a couple of comedian friends who know me well, we've been through some things together, I feel completely comfortable and completely myself. And because it's this kind of live scenario, it feels like you're just having an off-the-cuff conversation. And that can go in so many cool directions, you know. Someone really interesting might jump in the group and ask a question that's very uh, thought-provoking. And suddenly we're, we're talking for 40 minutes about this topic and going back and forth. And obviously we're comedians, so there's usually a light-hearted spin. At some point someone's getting roasted, at some point someone's having fun. And then someone might come in with something quite serious. And then the three people who I'm talking about, me and these other two guys, it's uh, we're also very, very capable of having those kind of serious, more wholesome discussions and have to really kind of think about how we feel. As you know, as being a listener to this podcast, I can I can do both. So um, it's a really, really enjoyable platform. I'm absolutely loving it. And more than all of this, it's actually making me more comfortable with my voice. It's almost like a it's almost like a secret little open mic comedy show or like a open mic talk show or panel discussion or something that is happening. First of all, it's it's we're doing it regularly in the evenings, but technically you could do it all day. There's stuff happening all day. So whilst I can't get on stage, I can't perform as I would normally, there's all these other avenues now. And, and you know, the, the Zoom, Zoom shows I have enjoyed to some extent, but, but they're very different. So a Zoom show in the comedy format 
doesn't quite work as well as as you might think. Like, yeah, there's a video of you. Yep, you can see the audience. Yep, you can even hear their laughter and stuff. But it just doesn't. It just doesn't quite feel right. It feels contrived. It feels odd. It doesn't quite capture the essence and the moment of a true live comedy show. It feels like I'm I'm there doing a presentation as opposed to a comedy set, which can sometimes involve the audience. Sometimes it can go this way, go that way. Whereas with the Zoom shows, I feel like. I'm a, a a student who's prepared his material, and here I am, and I'm going to say everything that I'm going to say, and then that's me, and that's that's kind of how I felt when I first started doing comedy on the stage. When before I was comfortable even just standing there, For a lot of the time you're kind of just you know you have the things that you want to say, you say them, and then you're done. But once you've been doing a little, a little bit, you can kind of let things happen, let things go, see how things kind of evolve. And that is what Clubhouse is like. So it feels like a more of a oh, cat's like rustling this little thing somewhere. What have you got here? <laughs> so that's what Clubhouse is like. It feels more like an organic, live, speak your mind discussion. And just got interrupted again. My cat had a screw that she was rolling around the floor, and obviously that's not conducive to a very nice audio sound. <laughs> so um, yeah, Clubhouse. It feels good. It feels great to be on there, and not only that, it feels like the infancy. There's all kinds of groups, all kinds of people, all kinds of discussions going on, and it seems like a little bit like the Wild West. It's like the very early days of this thing. It's only available on certain iPhones. It's still this kind of invite-only thing. Pretty much anyone can just get an invite. As soon as you're in, you can give out four. So it's it's not like it's exclusive or anything like VIP or anything. It's just simply early doors. And I would encourage anyone who, whether you're a performer, whether you're someone who likes to absorb uh you know performances or even just to have interesting discussions about anything you know it could be comedy related it could be deep esoteric topics it could be uh business marketing all kinds of stuff man there's a lot of people on there and they're they're having some really interesting discussions there is obviously a lot of um there's a lot of stuff that i've been in there and i thought huh, is am i wasting my time here is this a little bit boring is this a little bit kind of like senseless what's going on but that's that's to be expected right this is the this is the open mic version of this thing, whatever it's going to become. I think in like five, ten years, whether it's this app or another iteration, whatever this evolves into, it's going to be an integral part of our lives. I think a lot of people are going to be using this format rather than the traditional text-based or image-based or video-based formats. It's There's something that that's just appealing to me and I'm sure a lot of people about just listening and talking live in the moment like a phone call and uh, so that's kind of like what I've been up to recently I've been doing at least one show per day in the evening and sometimes in the morning sometimes at lunchtime and just getting getting comfortable with that and you know, becoming more and more comfortable with my voice and becoming more and more comfortable with what I've got to say and becoming more and more comfortable with how I talk to 
people in this in this kind of hosting format. You know, you've got to keep the energy going. Maybe there's a little lull and you have to introduce the new people as they come into the room. You have to reset things. You have to kind of do this little upkeep. And all of this, I think, is just making me a better uh, speaker, more eloquent, more confident, more comfortable in my own skin, in my own voice. And all of that is going to translate into a better comedian, a better performer, a better entertainer, a better voice actor, a better freelancer, a better communicator in real life, a better podcaster, everything. It's all going to benefit from this muscle growth that's happening with regard to, you know, practicing and practicing and practicing. And it was very easy for me for the first, you know, few months just to kind of say, oh, nothing's around. I'm not, I'm not doing any shows or anything. I'll just kind of focus on my other things. And yep, I got a lot of things going. I think that was around about the time when the, this podcast started. I've been doing a lot of work. You know, work is great. I'm, I'm, you know, business is good. I've got projects coming in. Everything is cool. I kind of had just parked comedy for a while because I thought, you know, all I, all I can really do now is write and discuss with friends and so on, but there's no real performance out there that's anything like genuine. But that's just simply not true. As soon as I was kind of open-minded and bit the bullet and bought this refurbished phone and then started the, my presence on this app and just began speaking and so on, it's actually morphed into something that I can't imagine not having. Even when there are shows again, I'm sure I'm going to still want to be on Clubhouse or whatever the equivalent is and, you know, flexing that muscle outside of the stage. So I've also had a couple of shows confirmed for whenever this uh, will be possible. So I also found out fairly recently that I'm going to have a weekly show and, uh, you know, hosting a weekly show, which is really cool. It feels like the next step in that career path. And it means more stage time. It means more opportunity to have crowd work and to kind of interact with the audience and so on. And it makes me feel really excited and really buzzing for when we get back on stage and I just want to be in the best possible frame of mind as possible. So if I'm working out bits and hosting and discussing and having, you know, funny conversations, deep conversations on this podcast, on Clubhouse, on the Zoom shows, writing every day, doing all these things, then I'm at least going to come with something when the floodgates open because the, there's nothing I can imagine that's worse now that I've been doing this stuff is to think god if I just started doing the shows w with the level of preparation that I had which was basically none just just simply writing it would have taken a long time to just get the ball rolling and go back into you know the zone so all of this feels good it feels it feels right it feels useful and uh I'm just so grateful for the technology that we have, the opportunities that you have to in hear interesting people, to have conversations, and uh, that's sort of like quite a big part of what I've been up to recently. I'm just going to take a sip of my homemade kombucha, <sighs> living that hipster life. I don't know if anyone who's listening to this makes any of their own, you know, fermented goods like kombucha and similar but um, I absolutely love it. I love having this thing that's kind of just there every couple of weeks. You get this sort of harvest, and uh, it's really nice. It feels 
like you've earned it because you yourself, you know, you you went through the process, you fermented the thing and uh, you made this delicious drink. So with that, we're coming to the end of this episode. It's been a pleasure speaking to you guys and telling you about the stuff that's been going on in my life. Next week, you can expect a episode with the Ancient Affairs again. I've got a lot of stuff I want to speak about and I'm really looking forward to that. So tune in, get involved. Thanks for listening and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Question This Life. You can listen to the podcast at questionthislife.com as well as all of the main podcast platforms.